On today's Friday edition of the show, the NBA is back. We discussed that a little bit. We test our sports knowledge, and we investigate on the Knicks coaching search for next season. And here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Bonafide Scrubs. We're back on this Friday episode, and we're not the only thing that's back this week, and we'll get into that a little bit later. We're also going to get into the Knicks coaching search at the end, and in the middle, we'll play a new quiz segment. But before that, I do want to introduce our guest for today's show. He has his own show coming a little bit next week, and he is Thomas Aiello. So, Thomas, thank you so much for being on our show today, and uh, look forward to listening to your show whenever that comes out. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Um, you can check it out. It's called The Full Face Check with Thomas Aiello. It's a general podcast. We'll talk sports, movies, music, you name it. We'll talk about it. Um, so excited to be here today. Like I said, um, Noah will. Obviously, I listen to your show. I love your show. Um, and I'm excited that NBA basketball is back. I don't know how ecstatic you guys are, but I'm a little bored during a quarantine and I need something. So this is pretty good for us, I, w- I would say. Yep. Basketball announced it will be coming back July 31st is going to be the opening day. They're sending 22 teams to Disney World in Florida. And Noah, I want to start with you and ask you, uh, what do you think of the 22 teams format? Because we went into uh, on previous shows what we thought the NBA should do. We we went back and forth between the NHL's 24 teams and just the regular 16 teams. So, what do you think about this sort of uh, in the middle 22 teams format? Well, yeah, I think it's perfect actually because we discussed last week how the NHL was going to do 24 teams. 22 is definitely the perfect number for the NBA. Because the teams like behind the Wizards in the East are pretty bad. And there's no point sending them because they're just going to lose every game, basically. So I think that 22 teams is good. It gets uh, their marketing players, like they get Zion playing for a playoff spot. They get the Blazers with Dame. They get Phoenix with Booker. They, get, they got a lot of good teams coming back and competing for the playoffs. I think they modeled it perfectly. They copied the NHL. Looks like we're going to see some hockey and basketball students looking great. I think it's good. Um, we're obviously getting some forms of sports here with NHL and uh, NBA coming back. Baseball is a uh, TBD at the moment because the uh, players and owners aren't on the same page. But I agree with you, Noah, that they're bringing back certain teams, like in the West at least, that can compete for playoff spots. But I mean – if you're going to bring back, what do they bring back? Like five teams in the West? What was it the Spurs, the Grizzlies? 13 total. 13 total? Okay, so that's, what is that? 9, 10, 11, 12. That's five teams that are coming back that aren't in the playoff picture in the West. I think you could have brought back uh, like maybe three or four teams from the East. You know, I don't, I'm not sure how fair it is, like say a team like the Hawks with like Trey Young and they have Capella on ice and they were, they were going to go for it. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. Like, it's tough to think about. Like, you certainly don't want to see like the Cavs or the Knicks or those like, unfortunately we don't abysmal want to see the East teams and I'm a Knicks fan Knicks. too. So trust me, I know the pain, but I mean, you don't want to see those teams play. You want to see an exciting playoff race. You know what? Basketball's back. And I just, I really don't care. I mean, as long as I get to see it, I'm fine about it. Yeah. 
I'm happy for any sport at this point. I, I thought we were going to see baseball first, but it doesn't look like that is going to happen because the NHL and NBA have already agreed to bring their leagues back and the protocols and everything. So it looks like we're going to be getting some basketball in a form of a Disney World here <laughs> upcoming in July. Yeah, Mickey Mouse for MVP. Yeah, and uh, Noah, you asked me on a previous show if you thought I, um, what I thought was going to come back first, whether it would be the MLB or the uh, NBA. And I said the NBA, and it seems like I'm going to be proven right here as the, uh, yeah, the MLB convert, can't seem to get congrats. going at all. So Yeah. MLB, they still, they're just cutting salaries. They don't know what they're doing. The NBA, I guess they had a clear path because they only had to uh, think about the playoffs and they decide eight regular season games to finish that out. The MLB, I guess it's a little more tough because they, they got to figure out how much to pay all their players for an entire season and how many games that's going to be. So it's, I guess it's definitely tough for the MLB, but the NBA came to an agreement. It's all good. We're going to see hopefully a good fun season, end of the season. And then free agency in October, October 18th is free agency. And then training camp is a month after that for the next season. And December 1, as of today, is going to be opening night for next season. So I think that this is good that the NBA released all their timelines. Yeah, the difference between uh, the NBA and the MLB is that the MLB, everything, all their back and forth between all the sides – was all public for some reason. All the information was getting leaked to us, and uh, it, was, it ended up being a really bad look. Uh, but with the NBA, we sort of just they went on their hiatus. We got a little little pieces of information here and there, and here we go. The next thing you know, uh, it's finally coming back. So they handled it obviously much better, and um, yeah, we're finally on our way to a solid restart. All right, so guys, since the Grizzlies are the eighth seed. Do you think any team in the West is going to be able to jump them, like the Pelicans or Blazers? Because the NBA obviously brought them back because they want the Pelicans in the playoffs as the eighth seed because of Zion. They want to see Zion versus LeBron. So do you think the Grizzlies are going to be able to hold on, or do you think they're going to fall apart and like the Pelicans or Blazers are going to make it or some team we haven't seen? Um, I would like to see a, a real competition for that eighth spot. I think between... Memphis, Portland, and New Orleans. They have a couple bona fide stars on each team. Portland, you got Lillard, McCollum. Whiteside's been better than he has been in a while. He looks like he really cares this year. And it also could just be he wants to get paid in the summertime because he's on a one-year deal, so there is that. But they've got a good team. I think Memphis might be the front runner just because you got Ja. You got Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. holding it down on defense with Brandon Clark. You got Valanciunas, who's been in the playoffs quite a bit and made some deep playoff runs with Toronto. And then you've got the Pelicans. You got first-time All-Star Brandon Ingram. Drew Holiday brings good experience to that team. You got Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. And then, of course, you got the big guy, Zion Williamson, the moving truck. And as I think... For the NBA, from a revenue perspective, you couldn't go wrong with either of the three. Because if you look at the Blazers, it's like a team that was wishy-washy throughout the entire season. They picked up Melo. They made a trade here and there, and they got a little bit better. And then you got for the Memphis Grizzlies and the New Orleans Pelicans. the you Young know, the stars. Two rookies, yeah, the young stars, the two rookies and the top two rookie of the year voting, leading their team to the playoffs. Like Either way... It would be a good story for the NBA, but if you look at it from a realistic standpoint, they're going to try and 
do everything they can to get Zion in because he would make them the most money from a, uh, from a revenue perspective, which I'm sure Adam Silver is pretty concerned about right now with the, uh, with the long hiatus and how much the NBA might have lost. Yeah, if we look at the bottom of the standings here with the Grizzlies plus the additional five teams, the, the Grizzlies are 32-33. and 33. They have a three-and-a-half game lead above the Blazers, Pelicans, and Kings, which are all tied. And then the Spurs are uh, in the last spot four-and-a-half games out. So it's obviously very congested at the bottom. And, um, yeah, it's going to be the Grizzlies spot to lose. They have a three-and-a-half game lead. Uh, I don't know how many games they're going to have these teams play and what the schedule is going to look like, what teams are going to play each other once they finally get back. Yeah, I think uh, you guys are on the right track with with um, how the NBA want, uh, wants to improve their ratings. Obviously, Zion is a, is a star. He's going to bring people to watch the games. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and you know how they'll sort of finesse their schedule to, to give him uh, the best shot. Yeah, I think there's only about eight games they're playing. They already discussed that, but... Yeah, it's eight. Yeah, it's eight. So the Grizzlies, if they're up three and a half games, it's, it's, yeah, as you said, it's their spot to lose. I feel like they might be able to hold on. I actually like their roster. I like them and the Pelicans roster more than Portland. I feel like they both have better chances. And yeah, because the, the, with the Blazers, we all know how good their backcourt is, but then after that, they, they kind of struggle with wing players. Mellow's inconsistent. Whiteside's been decent, but... I just feel like the Grizzlies, they're ahead of those teams. They might, I think they're going to be able to hold on. Pelicans might end up ninth, but they also have a good, talented roster with Ingram, Lonzo, Drew. That they, they know what they're doing, but I don't know. I just, it's definitely going to be between, between the Pelicans and Grizzlies, I think, the battle for the eighth seed. Now, I have an interesting take about um, the top eight playoff teams for both conferences. Do you think that when the players come back, Right? Do you think that you know, all that momentum and rhythm that they had in the season, do you think some of them are going to be rusty and you think that those top eight are going to really shake or do you think it's going to be more of the same from what we saw in the regular season? It's going to be interesting because everybody's in the same position. Obviously, they had uh, a couple months off. We don't know. I mean, I'm sure these players are working out uh, on a regular basis and they have home facilities and home gyms to be able to shoot around in and work on their games, but it's certainly going to play a factor. They also... The time off is also going to give way to a lot of injuries on a lot of uh, these players. Like, uh, we, I mean, we don't know. What if, what if a marquee star ends up getting injured in one of these exhibition games? You know, is it worth uh, the Bucks to even play Giannis or the Clippers to even play Kawhi? We already know that he rests on a regular basis anyway. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how these players handle ex- the exhibition games at the beginning and you know, how it looks in the, in the postseason when everybody's going 100% after they had this time off uh, for so long. Yeah, I just think if you're the Bucks, I think you should sit a lot of your players because there's no way you're going to lose the one seed, it looks like. They're so far ahead. But, like, in teams in the West, there's so many jumbled up teams, like the eighth seed we were talking about earlier. But also seeds like three to six can be changed very easily, a couple of wins here and there. So if, you, if you're not playing to better your seed... You should probably not say your players. You gotta if you're gonna be playing to try to get home court home court advantage, even though it really isn't home court advantage. But they should be playing everybody if they're gonna try to better their seed. A, a team like the Lakers, they're a f- I believe they're a few games ahead of the Clippers. I I mean LeBron likes playing every game, so he'll probably just play every game anyways. But yeah, West there's a lot of seeds that could change in these eight games. We don't know with the Bucks. 
they seem like they're far ahead. Maybe they'll say Giannis some of the games or like play him limited minutes. Won't really affect the Bucks record that much, I think. Yeah, Bucks are up uh, six and a half games on the second seed Raptors. They're pretty the Lakers lose every game. The Lakers are up five and a half games on the Clippers. Um, but it's what's interesting is that they brought back the Wizards to participate uh, and compete for the last playoff spot, and they're they're down five and a half games from the Magic. So, yeah, uh, they're giving them a shot to get back in the postseason picture. I think that Washington is going to be that surprise team in the East because that seven, eight, nine range is so like the teams are so evenly talented right now because it's like Orlando, uh, you got the Nets and Kyrie's weird injuries and Durant's still out. So they're like a seventh seed right now. They're kind of where they at were last year in terms of talent because Durant and Kyrie are out. And then the Wizards, they kind of have Beal, but they play so damn hard. They play together. They play fast. I think you're going to see them come within like a game, maybe a half a game of the final and eighth playoff spot in the East. So they're definitely going to be giving whoever's at the bottom a real run for their money. Yeah, and there's also rules in place for that. I don't know where they are, but it's if, if they're like a really close, like the ninth seed, the eighth seed, they're going to have a plan or like try to like change that. They're going to try to give the ninth seed like a, ch- a chance to get in. So if you think Washington's going to get there, then looks like they'll be playing a uh, who would the eighth seed? The Magic. Magic or the yep. Nets, one of those two. So they'll end up being playing mm-hmm. one of those teams, maybe in a plan game or like because that's what they were discussing. They're giving the, the ninth seeds a chance. So maybe we could see Memphis versus a Portland or New Orleans to like a little, not like a playoff preview, but a little high stakes on the line because whoever wins gets in and loses go home. So an interesting proposal by the NBA for that decision to try to get the nine seeds in. Now, another thing we got to talk about is the home court advantage and the proposed home court advantage rules at the NBA uh, is mulling over at this point. Obviously, there's going to be no uh, no fans. They're not going to be playing in their home cities. So basically, everything that they worked for in terms of seating is has kind of been lost at this point. And I mean, that shouldn't really matter too much to these teams. They should understand the circumstances that are at hand. They know, um, you know how how crazy everything's been up to this point. And I'm sure they're happy just to sort of uh, complete the season and compete towards a championship. But uh, the NBA has uh, proposed some, some rules to compensate uh, these teams uh, if they had a high seed. Uh, I don't have them in front of me right now, Noah. I thought you had, didn't you have them up? So yeah, yeah, guys, I do have the rules up. So those are alternatives to home court advantage in the NBA playoffs. So one of them is the higher seed team Gets possession to start the second, third, and fourth quarters. Yeah, it's just after the opening tip, obviously. And then another one is the higher-seeded team designates one player to be allowed seven fouls before fouling out. That's kind of an advantage because you could have LeBron or Kawhi or Giannis have seven fouls instead of six. So I would say that's a pretty good advantage. And then another one is the higher-seeded team receives one extra coach's challenge. I don't really see a purpose in this, but maybe – in the fourth quarter down the line, it could be useful. And then the fourth uh, rule change or proposal, higher seed team transports actual hardwood court to Orlando. That's got to be the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> like, what's the point of tra- transferring like, your Milwaukee <laughs> wood to Orlando? Like, what's the difference? 
Is there any difference? No. I, I guess just to like feel at home. I don't know. There's no fans. I don't know. They're they're all kind of gimmicky. Even like the fouls. Like I mean, how? Yeah, the fouls one is dumb. I mean, yeah, no, no, not many people foul out. But like, yeah, you're when you have your star player. Like, it's not like they're gonna foul people like six times anyway. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, they know they have to like, be on the for floor. special circumstances. It's good, but it's it'll probably won't even come into play if they end up going with that. And then the last one was the higher seated team gets hotel choice priority. I don't I don't really see that much of a difference. I guess you want better room service, <laughs> so, you, so you don't end up like MJ with his uh, pizza. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, the pizza gate, but uh, yeah, these are all pretty gimmicky, and I don't really see how NBA teams benefit that much from these. What do you guys think? I don't know. I I I just think some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. especially the the wood. Why would you want to pick yeah, the that wood up from one? Your is court? so dumb. You're making because... people work and pick up wood and then flying it over to Orlando. Why are you doing that? Yeah, what like what's the point of that? Uh, especially teams from LA, like you really are going to take up the Staples Center wood and bring it to Orlando for what purpose? <laughs> I mean, look, man, they, I guess some teams are just, they're so afraid to be away from home. They need some kind of home cooking, but like, really? That's, that's so stupid. I don't like, I don't like these gimmicky rules. Really? I'm with Will. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like them either. Um, but I don't know. I'm not going to like freak out if they have their own like home court. I'm sure yeah, it'd be it kind of funny NBA. to I'm see. Sure, I'm yeah. sure they're going to have some, some custom like NBA playoffs court anyway. So like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but that would be cool. ultimately. Ultimately, the the advantage has been lost from having a good regular season. Uh, so that's just kind of unfortunate, but that just is going to be the way it is at this point. It's funny because, like, if the Bucks transfer their wood from Milwaukee to Orlando and then they play the first two games designated as the home team, then they got to take that wood away for the A-seed. <laughs> because there's not, there's, not them, there's not that many gyms. It's not like they have 30 gyms or something. They're going to have to keep taking up and picking up wood, and that, that's annoying. Yeah, and are they going to switch it? Like, if yeah. it's game three and we played the first two games in Milwaukee, are we going to switch the wood for game for game three for the road team? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of stupid. I think yeah. that um, Worldwide of Sports in Disney, I think they have a crap ton of courts, unless I'm sadly mistaken. But I got, I got the impression they didn't have that many. I don't know. Yeah, well, we knows. talked about uh, a few shows ago that they were going to do March Madness style, like, games all day on the same court. Um, yeah, that, that so means they I mean, don't that have that many of, courts. Yeah, that might be old, but yeah, they're doing really, five know. games in a day. Yeah, imagine how much time it takes to put down like, oh, the Lakers play like they have an, a Sunday afternoon game, and then like seven thirty at night, it's like the Clippers game, and you got to swap out the wood. That's that's only for two teams. You got to do this for twenty two now. Or whatever yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the higher seed. Yeah, but um, yeah, as I was saying earlier, how um the ninth seed. Has a chance to get in. Um, this is from the Athletic. Shams retweeted, retweeted it. He said, "If the ninth seed is more than four games back, eighth seed earns a playoff spot, and if the ninth seed is four or fewer games behind, a play-in single elimination for ninth seed, double elimination for eighth. So, Thomas, you thought the Wizards, or they're five and a half back, so they got to make up a little bit of ground. But if they are four games back, they have a chance. They are not dead." They want one loss and they're out and the eighth seed needs, they need to beat the eighth seed twice. It looks like. So it's, it's sort of like a best of three, basically. Yeah. About um, it for a play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think, what are they? Would you say five and a half back from the, that's what you got, told me that watermark. No, five and that. a half. Five and a half. Yeah. But like, I think they can definitely do it. They've been, they had some momentum in the regular season 
I think that if Bradley Beal, you know, is the wizard that he is, can pull a little magic out of, out of his bag and get is them John Wall going to come back? There's talks about that. I saw that too. Um, look, I think you should stick with what you have. I think adding Wall might mess it up just because he hasn't played. And oh my God, how long has it been? But but not, but these people haven't played in like two months either. So what's right. the difference? Well, Wall hasn't played in over a year. But he's so talented. I feel like if you're going to try to go for the eighth seed, you got to play him. I mean, yeah, I, I understand that logic. You, you can really go either Five way with this half. one. Yeah, you can go either way with this one. But I would like to see... I would like to see them stick with what they have because they had a good thing going. Um, but I don't know. Bringing John Wall back for, you know, I don't know about the regular season part of it, but I think for the if playoff. If you're that thing, close, yeah. Might as yeah, well. if that close, then yeah, you should give them give Yeah, them because spin. think about it. If the Wizards have Wall, uh, Magic might be scared of them if they're the eighth seed because I would say the Wizards of Wall and Beal are better than the Magic. They could definitely win a best of three. Oh, absolutely. So the Magic should be scared. The Magic and that, maybe not the Nets, but the Magic should be terrified if John Wall comes back and they're going to play a single elimination uh, style. Well, yeah. What do we think about with the Nets, uh, Katie and Kyrie playing? I don't, now, I don't know their status. Uh, it seems unlikely that either of them would play, uh, but they are already in the playoff picture. So, you know, I wonder if they would contemplate uh, returning because if they come back, you know, that changes up a lot of stuff. That, I mean, Kevin Durant probably a top five Raptors. player in the world before his injury. So it's going to make a huge difference. So I don't know. I think if they're in a position to play and they want to play, it's obviously they're going to, it's going to change. Uh, I, I don't see them playing. Honestly, I, I, I think they made, I think KD made it clear that he's not going to come back at all this season. He's just going to wait until December 1st for next year to play Kyrie. Maybe he'll play. I don't know, but it's more likely than Duran. I think. The Nets are the seventh seed. They could still lose, and it's coming back. Like on, well, they're healthy now, but they still need to get more in a groove. Like Durant still hasn't played in a year, so yeah, they got they got a lot of guys on that team that need a lot of shots. Um, I don't know. I think the Kyrie Kyrie coming back is a little bit more optimistic yeah. than Durant because I mean Durant, you just you just don't know. But Kyrie, yeah. he's been in and out. He had. My God, shoulder surgeries. He had a shot in his arm or whatever the heck it was. And then he was in and out of the lineup because he had family issues. And then he was just like, oh, I'm not going to play today. I don't know. I don't know if Kyrie should come back. They are the seventh seed, like you said. So maybe they can get away with Lovert and Dinwiddie and Allen and Prince, whoever else they got over there. But I think if Kyrie comes back, who knows? They might be a scary seventh, seventh or eighth seed wherever they end up. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, um, so with Kyrie, he, if he comes back, I guess that could help. But there's still a seventh seed. I mean, they could lose to the Raptors with Durant if they come back. It's not automatic they're getting through a playoff series. Durant hasn't played in a year. They don't even know how to play with each other, Durant or Kyrie, or any of these players with Durant and Kyrie. So it's really not worth the risk being the seventh seed, bringing him back for a few games. And then if you lose, like that was a waste of time. So... They definitely should not bring back Durant. They should just wait till next season, play well, and then get home court advantage for next year in the playoffs. There's no point bringing him back as a seven seed. You're not going to win the championship, most likely. And who knows? Maybe if you bring him back now, he might be damaged goods already. You, you don't know what that. Yeah, he could get hurt again. You don't want to risk in these exactly. eight games. Exactly. We're in a playoff series that you may not think you're going to win. Yeah, exactly. What's the point of going for it now? You're the seventh seed in the East. Yeah, play it's, two, it's too late. Are amazing. 
just don't, finish just up wait till the next season. Year. Yeah, wait till next year. All right, now I'm looking at pictures of uh, ESPN Worldwide Sports, and it appears that they have they have one building which is like a real arena with like a legitimate court that would probably be the arena that uh, the NBA players play on, and they also have a second one from what it looks like, which is uh, kind of like a rec center style. It, it has four different courts, but I don't know about the you know the interchangeability of the hardwood. Or, you know, why, I mean, they're obviously not going to have two games going on at the same time in the same building. So, um, yeah, it does seem like they really only have one serviceable court uh, to use. I, I, again, the, the whole changing the hardwood thing is so, so ridiculous to me. I don't even know why it's in there. Same with the hotel service, but that, that'll be for another day. But just, you should just make like an, the NBA logo in the middle of the court and just be like, NBA basketball, whatever the hell it is, whatever the heck you want to make it. Just don't worry about team logos, all this, that, the other thing. Just, just keep it the way it is or just put one logo for everyone and then you can go back to worrying about home courts, real home courts come December 1st. Yeah, if you think guys think about it, we've seen like some sort of these Orlando courts because we watched this Orlando Summer League. I don't know if they're going to use the exact gems. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea how that's going to look. But we've, we've seen... Court, we may have seen the courts and they don't look that appealing, honestly. So it's going to be interesting playing in these courts in the playoffs, especially if they can just well, bring the Orlando, in the wood. The Orlando Summer League, they play at the Magic Practice Facility. So they're obviously not going to play there. Oh, yeah, um, definitely not. Yeah, ESPN, this, this place in Disney is like a legitimate arena, which obviously they'll have no audience. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big enough space uh, with, pro- with real broadcasting and everything. So. Yeah, it won't look like the Orlando Summer League. I would, I would hope not. That'd be a bad product to watch. My question is, how are they going to put the bench guys on the bench? Are you going to keep them all on, on the bench like they normally are? Are you going to social distance them? You know, like every other seat in the stands, like uh, like how baseball was thinking about doing that for the dugout. You know, how are you going to do that? That's that's another big issue. Who's allowed uh, on the floor with the team? How many trainers, broadcasters, TV personnel? You know, you got to take all this into account here so nba i like how they're going slow with it um but that i just want to know how you think how you guys think they're going to do that stuff like that well with that um the frequency at which play nba players check into a game is pretty often so i mean if you're going to social distance a team you can on the bench what they're saying with their own teammates that they've already been practicing with and are playing on the same floor with it basically does nothing yeah you can't social distance uh, yeah, so I mean, if you're if you're playing a a full game, and you're just you're, going for a five on five, uh, you just gotta like that has to be out the window when you're like social distancing players on the same team on the same bench. It it's it doesn't serve any purpose because they're already playing on the same court together in the same hotels together and traveling team. together and everything. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they agreed to come back. They're they're gonna act as a team. I would think in this situation. Yeah, the only reason I brought it up is because I was watching. Um, German league soccer, because that was, I think the first sports league to come back and, you know, they, they did the no fans thing. And obviously the players playing on the field, would, it was contact the whole nine yards, but on the bench, it was like the subs all had masks and they were sitting like six feet apart in the little, little racing seats that they have. So I don't know. I just, I was just thinking, you know, is that something the NBA is considering, but I, I don't know if they're going to do that, but they're going to definitely be like, okay, be careful. Don't like spit on the floor or anything like that yeah they're definitely gonna yeah, test every players all the players i just don't so. understand the point of if you're already going to be 
playing the sport together and doing and everything you do ball. as a team together, you know, putting the, the players who are already interacting with each other on the bench spaced out, it just doesn't really serve any purpose because they're, they're interacting with each other anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we now move to a brand new segment we have for our show, a uh, completely authentic, completely original segment that's <laughs> never been done before, and that is going to be a sports quiz segment on this show. What we will have for this uh, first edition will be Thomas and Noah going up against each other, and first one to five correct answers is the winner. Uh, Thomas, you are our guest, so you get the privilege of going first. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Your first question is, there are 17 players who have won the MLB Triple Crown. Who is the most recent winner? Ooh, I know this. This is a good question. Um, this is easy. Oh my God. Thanks, Noah. Uh, is it Mike Trout? Is that your final answer? Yes. Mike Trout is incorrect. And Noah, just for brownie points, do you want to show the correct answer? Miguel Cabrera in 2012. Miguel Cabrera oh my is He's correct. He's playing, right? It's Miggy, yep. Miggy. Yep, okay, so Thomas takes the L on the first question. Do I get a point or move? no? No, you don't. You have to answer your own questions. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> All right, so we now move to Noah. And the second question is, what year... Did the NBA institute the three-point line? Well, wait, shoot. I actually, that's, I just know, I know it's in the 70s. I got to think about this. I think I know the answer. Was it 77? Is that your final answer? No, wait. Nope, oh. don't, nobody look it up. Nobody look up anything. I'm not, I'm not looking gotta, it up. You got to just pull it this off. This is tough. I know it's in the 70s, but I don't know when. I'm going to go 75, actually. That's my final answer. Okay, you said 1975. That is incorrect. Thomas, what was it? Just for fun, do you want to guess the answer? You said you knew it before? I think I know it because I wrote it. Right, just quickly, it, does, it doesn't really matter. 1974. No, you're going the wrong direction. Is 1979. Oh my god! Oh my god. I, 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 I was thinking that, but I said seventy-seven for some reason. And Larry I changed Bird's rookie it. year. We just talked about it. Just oh my god! About yeah. it. All right, so we both okay. have zero. Both have zero. It's a great both, start to the first ever down, authentic Thomas. quiz game. <laughs> okay, Thomas. The next question is for you. And I know, I know, you're not a big NHL guy, but your next question is. What NHL team plays in the city of Tampa Bay? Oh my God! Oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning is correct. I know what, that. he gets well, that question. Done. I have well to know what the three-point line is, and he gets that. Though these are all easy. Come on, he's not a hockey kid. Come on, you didn't know the three-point line. No, and neither of us knew I the three-point line. I literally said it. I said it a few days ago. Oh what? God. All right, give me a question. <laughs> okay, Thomas has one point on the board. The next question for Noah is, there are two U.S. states to never send a team to the NCAA tournament. Name one. What? He gets that <laughs> and I have to answer this? Name one of the two. Okay, so states. Okay. Um, Alaska? 
Is that your final answer? Yeah, who have they sent to the NCAA tournament? Alaska is correct. They Thank have not you. sent a team to the NCAA tournament. And Maine has never sent a team to the NCAA tournament either. So Hawaii? Those are the two. Wait, Hawaii is not their college over there. Oh, yeah. Hawaii was actually. They, Hawaii, they, they, what is it? Hawaii State? Hawaii University? Yeah, Hawaii yeah, University. We're, was we're, actually, yeah. we're heating up. We're heating up. Back to that was, back that was correct answers. Why? Yeah, they were pretty good, I think. Good football okay. team. Yeah. We go back to Thomas. The last NFL championship before the Super Bowl era took place in 1966. Who won the last ever NFL championship? Um, it's funny because my dad and I were just talking about this today. I think it was the Giants, the New York football Giants. That's my final answer. Final answer? The 1966 NFL champions were... Your favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. I was going to say the Bears or Redskins. That would have been my guess. The Packers beat the Redskins 34-27. to I mean, not the Redskins. They beat the Cowboys 34-27. All right, my question. And yeah, the last NFL championship. So we now move to Levine. Both of you still with one point. And my question to you is, in 1990... This father-son duo become the, became the first duo to hit back-to-back home runs in the MLB. Who was the duo? Griffey. Is that your final answer? Wait, 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 wait. It's Griffey or Bonds. Oh, crap. Wow, this is actually... It's between one of those. I'm going to go Griffey, though, actually, still. Final answer, lock it in? Yep. That is correct. Ken Griffey yes, Jr. and sorry. Ken Griffey Sr. Back-to-back home runs, 1990. They did beat the Bonds father-son duo. Okay. I'm running out of questions. So Noah has two. Thomas has one. Thomas, this next question is, this NBA player has more than five championships but no all-star appearances. Who is he? Wow. wow. Um, wow. Oh my God. Robert Ori. Is that final your final answer? answer? Ro- final answer. Robert Ori. Robert Ori is correct. You I would have said that too. I actually knew that. Two to two. They're not that hard. You just John think, Sally. think it through a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say John Sally because he has what, five and he wasn't an all star? Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple people. There's a couple people. Okay, we now move to Noah. Who won the World Series MVP in 1999? Oh, oh, I'm not good with World Series MVPs. I know the Yankees won. They beat the Braves in 99. I just got to think who won MVP. It wasn't, it wasn't Jeter. I think I know that. Was it Paul O'Neill or Bernie Williams? I got to think. I think I know the answer. Wait, can you confirm if it was a hitter or a pitcher? I cannot. That would be asking for a hint, and we didn't decide if we wanted to do that yet. So, All right. Um, I'm going to go with David Cohn, actually. David Cohn. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay. Well, the World Series MVP in 1999 is a pitcher. 
but it is not David Cohn. Oh, Rivera? It is Mariano Rivera. Oh, wow. I knew uh, Cohn or Rivera was one of those two. I knew Jeter didn't win. I knew that at least. Okay, we now move to Thomas. And this question, it's more baseball. This question is, the 1925 Pittsburgh Pirates were the last professional team to not receive a ring for winning the championship. What did teams receive prior to receiving rings? I have no idea. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, This is when my grandmother was a baby. Oh my gosh. Um, Maybe even your great grandma. No, it was grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my God, what the hell did they get? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna go with like I'm gonna go with prize money. They got some kind of compensation with prize money. Yeah. So if you think about the 1908 Cubs didn't get a ring, technically. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the cash money prize. Is that your final answer? Final answer. The teams before getting rings got pocket watches as their prize for winning a championship, not money. I mean, I'm sure they got money too. But they got it's kind of cool, watches. actually. Pocket watch. If they give you that and a ring, that'd be kind of cool. Pocket watch. Okay. We now move back to Noah. The LA Clippers were one of the NBA's least successful expansion teams. What were they called before they moved to Los Angeles? There, I know that's Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo Braves. Is that your final answer? Yeah. The Buffalo Braves is correct. Yes. That moves him in front. Three to two on Thomas. And the next question is for him. Who was the last number one pick in the NFL draft to not be a quarterback? To not be a quarterback? Oh, that's easy. Oh my god, I need to like brush up on my NFL. Wow, I, I feel like an absolute moron not knowing the answer to this question. Was it, uh... It wasn't, no, it wasn't girly. Wow, I actually don't know the answer to this question, because I'm just, I haven't kept up with NFL like that. You gotta give me something. I, I have to? Okay. I um, can answer it if he doesn't. Oh! No, not, no, no, not Saquon. I, Say I have one second. Two. I give up. I'm forfeiting the one. question. <laughs> Just give me a name. It could be funny. All right. Um, Jadavian Clowney. Oh, that's Jadavian a good Clowney guess. was a number one pick, but he was not the last one, and it was a defensive end. Noah, do you know it? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is the <laughs> last number one pick that is not last, a quarterback. Last two number one picks were quarterbacks, but not Garrett that year. Garrett's still, he's still shut Clowney was a good guess. He would have been the, him and, yeah. If, yeah, Garrett. if it wasn't for Garrett, he would have been correct. But Yeah. Screw you, Miles okay. Garrett. <laughs> Back to Noah. Who was the number one overall pick in the NBA in 2005? Knicks fans, you should know this. <laughs> Wait. That was 2006, maybe. Wait, no, it was 2000. Oh, 2005. Oh, wait. I know this. It was Bogut. Is that your final answer? Yeah. 
Andrew Bogut is correct. Yes. That's back to four back. Two. For Bargnani was 2006. Two. Yeah, Bargnani was 07. Bargnani was the year after. All right, let's go at Bogut. And then I think D. Will was in the top five that year, 2005. Yeah. And CP3. CP3 was in that class, I think, too. Was in that draft, too. We now move back to Thomas. In 1992, 1993, the same team selected number one overall back-to-back times in the NBA draft. Which team selected back-to-back number one? I have no idea. Oh my God, this is a really good question. 1992 and 1993, you said, right? Yep. Wait, I actually might know. Um, Hold on, wait. Golden State? Is that your final answer? Yes. The Golden State Warriors did not yeah, select they were good number then. one. They had in Mullen. 1992, oh, wait. 1993. Wait, can I, can, I, can I have a guess? Yes. Was it the Clippers? No. What team was it? It was the Orlando Magic. 1992, oh, they took Shaq stupid. number one. Oh, wait, Shaq. And 1993, they took Chris Webber. You were on the right track with Chris, Chris Webber, but not to the right team. I forgot he was. Oh, Noah has a chance. I forgot that Shaq was 1992. Yeah. Wow. All right. So Noah can close it out. Up 4 2. Let's go. On this last question, another NBA question. Ooh. David Stern is one of the NBA's most well known commissioners. Who was the commissioner before him? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know this. I don't know this one either. I'll give you both a hint that you you have heard of this person before. So it's not like a crazy Where thing. have I heard of him? I can't tell you that. I just you know the name. Oh my god. Did he play in the NBA? I can't give you any more hints. Oh my god. Did David heard Stern of play in the NBA? I'll I'll, tell you, <laughs> I'll give you that. Silver didn't either. Before Stern? What what? I know who it is. I know who it is. <laughs> I know who it is. I might have to throw out some random name. I gotta think. I know who it is. Uh, is he alive still? I can't tell you. The commissioner was it? Was it, <laughs> was it Jerry West? I don't know. <laughs> Red Holtzman? No, I don't know. It was not Jerry West. I, I'm okay, lost. I'm, I'm giving up. Okay, Thomas, just for fun. <laughs> You say you know it. I do. Larry O'Brien. Larry O'Brien is correct. Oh, unfortunately, he's the oh, champion. You did chef. not. You did not uh, get that question. Okay. Tough scene. So Thomas is still in it. He's still in it. Four. What is it? Four to three. He's he's four catching to... up. No, four two. Four two. I four, don't get two. Okay. I have one more question. Which team has selected number one overall most in the history of the NFL? Uh, Somewhat hard, somewhat easy, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I wanna say it's, I'm between the Browns and I'm also between the Jets. I don't and think the Jets have had a number one pick. Okay, 
Yeah, no, I, no, they did, but the jet. Oh, okay, well, the jets are out because they don't. They don't have enough. I'm gonna go with the Cleveland Browns as my final answer. Is that your final answer? Yes. The Cleveland Browns have not selected most. Really? Most number one picks in NFL history. No. Is it the Bengals? Nope. It is the Indianapolis Colts. They have selected what? number one overall seven what? times. That is. When was most... the last time they did that? All time. I Payne would Manning? it would be Peyton Manning was the last time. No, wait. Andrew Luck. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. But, yeah, Luck. seven times <laughs> for the Colts. Wow. That's the most all time. That was a good question. Okay, we're back to Noah. He has a chance again to close it out. And we will finish it, hopefully, with a baseball question. And my question is, which MLB position has the most Hall of Famers? Oh, wow. Um, wow, one position. I'm going to go with pitcher. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Pitcher is correct. Yeah. It's one the first ever authentic quiz segment of this show. Congratulations. Five two. We were uh, not up at two there, two. but uh, I pulled away. Good game. Screwed over by the NFL draft question. Good game, Thomas. GG, man. The host of the show wins on his show. What? <laughs> 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 Yeah, we can't we can't let the guests win whenever we play this game. We gotta <laughs> we gotta defend it. Oh my god! Before we start talking about the next coaching search, which is like a holiday now for us Knicks fans, Thomas, why the hell is your email fu basketball? Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> any story behind that? No, <laughs> it's Fordham University basketball. That's it. Fu. Don't yeah, you F-U, think that baby. like? Wh- if you send that email to like important people, they're gonna think it's like F U basketball. They're gonna like <laughs> gonna be mad. Don't worry, I, I got I got one with my actual name. Don't Thank worry. you. Thank God. Anyways, <laughs> so our next coaching change, yearly thing. We got rid of Fisdale. I didn't like his rotations. He failed just like Jeff Hornacek. <laughs> we all know how that <laughs> ended. So now it looks like Leon Rose is interested in Tom Thibodeau. Uh, do you like? Do you guys like Thibodeau at all? Thomas, you're shaking your head on this video. No, <laughs> God no. Um, listen, Thibodeau is the coach that comes to work with his hard hat every day. You can throw a freaking metal spear at the guy, and he's just gonna. It won't crack his head. This guy is a, <laughs> a thick skull. He doesn't. He doesn't really listen to anyone except himself and maybe a couple of his assistants, but. I don't think Tibbs is good for this team because he is the type of coach that can go to a playoff team that's like, hey, we're kind of down. You know, we think we can be better than this, but, you know, we're not, we're not really there. Tibbs can mm-hmm. come in and I'll go, ah, all this little screaming nonsense, and then the guy will get them to, like, a 55-win season. I don't think Tibbs is the development coach that the Knicks need. He's not. He's definitely not. I think you have to go with someone like Mark Jackson. Jackson uh, Kenny Atkinson, who just got fired, who a lot of people, a lot of Knicks fans are saying, hey, bring this guy in because if he can do what he did in Brooklyn with literally nothing, I'm sure he can do something with the Knicks. And then the yeah. other one's Mark Jackson. And I like Mark Jackson because he's a local guy, went to St. John's, he's from Queens. And he, a lot of people credit him Played with the development Knicks. of Steph Curry. 
Yeah, and he, and he's a horrible broadcaster in ABC, so he should I probably like leave that. I think he's still okay. <laughs> I don't All know. Right, wait, I want to just... give you guys uh, five coaching names, and I want you to rank them just off the top of your head, okay? So we have Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Atkinson, and Mike Woodson. Oh, we don't get Mike Breen. We don't get the full ABC crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go... I think we all know who's number five, right? I, think I don't so. know. I don't know. Is I'm going to go with... Or Woodson. Guess number my number five. five. How about that? I'm going to say yeah. that Mike Woodson is your number five. No, it's Van Gundy. Oh, really? I think Mike Woodson would be my number five because he already freaking coached the team. Why are we bringing <laughs> Bring him back, him back. Again? Very good team that he had, though. Bring man. him back. It was Mello who forced him out. He was a good coach. He's, not he's never really been a head coach for any other team ever. He just was yeah, a long-term spot he was, for he was one so year with a veteran team, and that was it. He inherited a god team and made them good. I don't know. The Hawks. Mark Jackson. Um, yeah, he put you number three. I, I'd say Woodson's four, actually. But number one is Atkinson, definitely. Oh, I like what he did in Brooklyn. Kyrie got him fired. Good development. And we need uh, our young players to be good because they haven't been so good so far. Yeah, I think Atkinson fits the timeline the best if you look at the five of those people. Just because, you know, we talked about Thibodeau just now, how he's not really the development coach. Woodson, uh, we, he really doesn't have the track record of any of, of these other people. Uh, <laughs> Jackson, I mean, I don't know. He could be good. Uh, Thomas did point out that he is local. He did play for the Knicks, all that stuff. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess you could go with him. But I think uh, Kenny Atkinson offers everything he offers and more. And Jeff Van Gundy, I mean, I know my dad personally hates him just because he watched <laughs> uh, Jeff Van Gundy throw the ball into Patrick Ewing in the post and have him post up every time. That's and that was basically the Knicks offense in the 90s, and you obviously can't do that anymore. So will uh, Van Gundy's style of play translate to the modern-day NBA? Can he translate? I don't know. But I think uh, Kenny Atkinson is probably the best option of all the logical candidates at this point. I just want to say something on Van Gundy for a second here. But if you think about it, I mean, the Knicks didn't never had really good guards on those 90s teams. They always had better forwards and centers. So, like, I guess it was fine to give Ewing the ball every play. Obviously, you can't do that now because we have Taj Gibson at power forward or center. And Mitchell Robinson doesn't have an offensive game. Yeah, Van Gundy is a little outdated. Mark Jackson, I mean, he coached the most recently out of these coaches. Actually, no, I guess well, Atkinson. Did. Atkinson. I mean, Atkinson, sorry. I mean, Mark Jackson's sort of recent. He coached last decade for the Warriors and made them pretty competitive. But yeah, I like Atkinson the most. Thibodeau, he's not the developmental person. He's going to play our players 40 minutes a game, and he hates using a bench. He never rests, guys. That was always a knock on him in Chicago, Minnesota. He's kind of like upgraded Jim Boylan. He preaches defense, but I, I really don't want him to play. And he also loves Taj Gibson. So if you think Thibodeau was a coach, we'd, we'd see <laughs> yeah, Taj we running around. With him. He's going to put Taj into retirement him. earlier than he expected. We were we're going to see Taj play 44 minutes a game, and we're going to yeah, see that six, is, he, Thibodeau uses like a six-man rotation. I, I don't like that. So I want Atkinson. Yeah, that is funny how – Basically, everywhere Thibodeau goes, like the same players just end up popping up. Like when he went to Minnesota, Gibson appeared and all those old Bulls well, players. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler went there. Like it, it is kind of funny how he just rolls with the same personnel pretty much everywhere he goes. Yeah, I think um, I'm with you guys. Anyone but Thibodeau, I'm fine with. What I will say about Van Gundy is, yeah, he may be a little 
the little dusty dictionary off the bottom of the bookshelf. But he, it's not like he hasn't been out of the game because he calls all these games with Mike Breen and Mark Jackson. And they, they seem to know what they're talking about. And I feel like if you gave them R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, whoever they draft, hopefully it's a point guard, and then you give Kevin Knox a second chance and you'd sign like Gallinari and trade Randall for something like Chris Paul, throw him in like if you make a Chris Paul package. I think he can definitely do something with the team, either of them. I just think you got to be prepared for a little old-fashioned Knicks. And Noah, I want to go back to what you said about those 90s teams. You're right about the claim that they had no real point guard, but the reason why they could get away with that is because you had Patrick Ewing at center. You had yeah, John you had Spreewell, Allen Houston, Larry Johnson. So you could, you could get away with a point guard at those times because you had so many other choices to go for scoring. Um, it's now a guards league, though. Yeah, it's a guard and wings league game. I mean, Porzingis and like Embiid are the exceptions with the bigs. I mean, Adebayo, too, that dominate Cat. the way they do. But, and Anthony Davis. But it is, you're right. It's a wings and guards-driven league now. So... I think they would have to do a little adjustments to their game plans, but I, I don't think that either one of them would be that bad because they've been around the game, calling it NBA Finals games, uh, NBA Friday, NBA Showcase with Mike Breen. So they're literally right there on the action. So I'm not, I don't think either one would be bad, but they, weren't, they wouldn't be as good as like Atkinson. We definitely need Atkinson because absolutely a lot of our players, um, they really – Fisdell, Hornacek had horrible rotations. Some games, Knox would play 25 minutes. Some games, he wouldn't even appear in. Dotson, Ramley gets starts. Some games, he doesn't. So, we don't have a consistent uh, track of developing players recently. And we need Agonson. Uh, also, if you want, I, I, do not, I don't want CP3. Because if, if you're getting CP3, then are you going to draft a point guard still? Like, I, I don't yeah. want CP3. I want our point guard, if we're going to draft a point guard, to learn under Atkinson and get the most out of him and like play the most minutes. I want him playing 30 minutes a night and learning from his mistakes. Cause Dinwiddie, he was a G league player and then Atkinson became their coach. And it looks like Dinwiddie uh, became a very good player. He played a lot of minutes. Atkinson knows how to cope with uh, players making mistakes very well. It seems like he handles the locker room well. So we need him to develop R.J. Barrett into, into the superstar we hope he's going to be. And we need to draft a point guard, and that, that would help the backcourt and help Atkinson get the team rolling. Because right now we, just, we have a bunch of veterans and rookies competing for minutes, and that's not a recipe for success because these veterans like Taj are not going to – like, why is he starting? He's not going to be here in a year. So, I do want to bring up the Chris Paul thing. And I know that a lot of Knicks fans are very – polarized with this. yeah they're very wishy-washy i'm in favor of the chris paul trade I'm and not. here's why number one please get rid of julius randall any way shape or form get, please get him out of here get rid of taj gibson yeah here's the other thing i think with chris paul look what he did with shea gildas alexander in oklahoma city you knew that shea when he went there yeah chris paul showed up in the westbrook trade as well yeah. But everyone was like, okay, is Shea coming off the bench? You know, what's going on here? Is Chris Paul still Chris Paul? What the heck's going on? They, they played, played them together. And it worked wonders for them. And they're the sixth seed in the West, sixth, fifth seed, whatever the heck they are. 
I think Chris Paul can come into the Knicks. He's one year for forty-seven million, and then I think his player options like fifty million. Oh my there's god! No, there's no way he declines. However, it's for two years, and who knows if you draft say Lamelo Ball or Cole Anthony or uh, Noah, your guy Nico Mannion. Oh no, I don't want Nico in the draft. <laughs> you don't want Nico anymore? I I actually I like I'm starting to like Tyrese Halliburton a lot from I Iowa do State. Too. I do too. I, I mean, think- honestly, if you think about it. Okay, let's say the Knicks strike out or don't get, miss out on LaMelo. If they end with, they're supposed to get the sixth pick right now, as we know, um, yeah. for the pre-lottery uh, decision. So if they trade for CP3 before the draft and maybe draft Halliburton, Halliburton's a 6'5 guard that can shoot. It looks like he can play off the ball a little bit. So maybe yeah. you could try to emulate what OKC did with CP3 and Shea because Shea was a tall guard too. He developed his skills very well. Uh, Billy Donovan, he doesn't get enough credit, I think, for that team. But yeah, I think you could play Halliburton, CP3, and then Barrett at the three. Yeah, I mean, three. Barrett, I think we would want him playing off ball. Um, I don't think we want him handling the ball as much, but if we have two other yeah. guards that are good at it. So maybe you have a nice three, uh, three-headed monster uh, guard trio there with um, CP3, whatever guard the Knicks end up with, and then Barrett at the three. Then we... And Mitch at the five, and then just whatever we find a filler at the four because we need, we need spacing. If we have a stretch four, that would help a lot there. I, I'm in favor of bringing Gallinari back. <laughs> Is he a free agent? Back the Gallo. Is he a free agent? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they can. I don't know. I mean, he's going to cost Julius Randle time money. Is he, I guess he's a little better. I don't know. Noah, let's be honest. Do you, do you guys want Julius Randle around anymore? <laughs> no. Exactly. I think yeah, but I'm I'm with the two two guard thing, um, because they can they can CP3 can teach the guard that we yeah Halliburton's young um I yeah think he's a sophomore but Lamelo's even younger but well do you want CP3 well what would you think that do for uh, our guard development or guard room I don't know I mean the one thing we have to remember about the Knicks is that they can't do anything right they can't get <laughs> they can't even make right. a statement about uh, what's happening their coach in the world right. right now they can't get their GM right. They can't get free agency right. They can't get the draft right. They, as you said, they can't even make a blatant statement, an obvious statement, correctly. They literally cannot do anything right. So, despite all the speculation, despite all the, what if we have Chris Paul? What if we draft this guy? We're not going to get this coach. It literally doesn't matter. So, at this point, it just we just got to see what happens. I mean, whoever's available to us, whoever the best player available is, go with that. Uh, I don't think making a trade for Chris Paul will really do anything. I mean, he is a good veteran. He still is a good player, but he's also very expensive. Yeah. And, I mean, what's the biggest problem with Julius Randle is he's he's not terrible, but he's not good. And <laughs> he's he kind has, of a t- he kind of is. He has been He doesn't have a good contract. <laughs> so when you acquire a player, a Chris Paul, who makes more money than him over whatever it is, probably the same amount of years, I mean, we might as well just let him become a free agent, and leave anyway. So. I don't know. It, it just going through the draft, getting the best player available, not really worrying about it, getting uh, just picking a coach. Well, I mean, we want Atkinson, but who knows who they're going to choose? They might even not even pick a player, a coach we're speculating about. So, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I just think you gotta just uh, make the most obvious choices. Don't try and get cute with like a big uh, star trade and. Uh, you know, just let time do its thing, and that's the only way 
to really save uh, the future of the Knicks at this point. Well, yeah, we're not going to make the playoffs next year or the, or the year after. So I just think maybe I didn't like CP3, but maybe if we had him for two years, he could help our point guard room or our guard room develop. And then when he obviously decides to opt out or retire, or whatever, then Halliburton or whatever guard we have, Barrett, whoever our point guard shooting are at that time, can take. Uh, they can become the captain of the ship and sort of lead the Knicks maybe to the playoffs in a few years. I don't know. CB3 is expensive and old. He could he honestly could be horrible. He could be like he could average like twelve points. He could be more useless than Randall. <laughs> what? He could be more useless than Randall. Yeah, honestly, at this point, he makes what fifty mil, like you said, forty seven, forty eight. He's gonna make, like that. and he's yeah, old. Insane. He's definitely gonna tear his ACL in like game eight of the Knicks, and then score eight points the rest of his next career, and then we just wasted two years with that. But I don't know. Next, next thing, just stick to their core, have a coach, and don't fire him after a year. Create a culture, and go from there. I think that's all we need to do. It's like when the Knicks fire, like every year, the Knicks fire the coach should be like a holiday. Like, you never, it's going to happen. You just don't know when. Like, every year, Fisdale fire. It's a, tra- it's a tradition. Fisher. Yeah, it's a tradition. It's a tradition. Like, I don't know how, how they do the things that losers do. They lose. Exactly. Like plain and simple. Plain and simple. It doesn't look like we're going to have any um, appealing coach hires or. Any free agents come thus as long as Dolan's in charge, at least. I mean, yeah. Well, especially now. I mean. Oh yeah, definitely now. He's not making it any easier on himself. Yeah, he's not. He won't make a statement about what just happened. Like, what? What world does that make you think that it's gonna get any better if he won't speak out about something like this? It's not. And karma's gonna hit him. And yeah. And Hard. we're gonna get. And we're gonna get the eighth pick now instead of like the sixth or higher. So. Yeah. And then we're screwed with like a garbage wing player who we didn't want. <laughs> I mean, look, any anyone that can score over ten and not look like an absolute idiot, come to the team, please. Come to the team. We need a point guard that can we need get assist and not look like an idiot. All right, so this was a great first show to have you, or f- great show for you to come on, Thomas. Thank you for joining us. You'll be back Monday where we talk about the top our top ten greatest sports dynasties. And discuss other things. This was really fun talking to you, Thomas, Thanks about the Knicks and the NBA. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again, guys. Make sure to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Leave a rating review if you enjoyed. And well, Noah, signing out. Bruh. <laughs> you don't have to have the, you don't have oh, to have the oh, signing we're, out. We're leaving that in. We're leaving that in. Bye, everybody. Bye. Peace.